0: Good morning and thanks for joining me. I'm Donna Carrick of Carrick Publishing and the host of Dead to Rights, the podcast. I'm also blessed to be included with the Maydams of Mayhem and I'm here today with Lynn Murphy, one of our earliest members of the Maydams of Mayhem. And uh, we're going to talk about In the Spirit of 13, which is our fifth anthology, if you can believe that, coming out in the fall of 2022. And Lynn's got a couple of stories in that. I'm not going to talk forever. I'll let Lynn tell you about those stories. One is titled Gracie the Invisible Dog, and the other is titled The Trespassers. And they are both absolutely brilliant stories, but I wanna start with Gracie. Lynn, can you tell us a little bit about Gracie? How did you come up with this dog character? Um, you've got two characters, Paula and Boyd Sinclair, who are a married couple, and Paula has fallen in love with this dog, Gracie. Tell us about her.
1: Well, it, the, <clears throat> sorry, the idea came from my daughter, Margot, who is one of the bravest people I know, has an eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa. And what happens is the cells in the retina die off and you develop tunnel vision and eventually you can go blind. Not always, but sometimes. So when Margo was diagnosed, she said the one good thing about having the condition was perhaps at some point she could get a helper dog. And that is looking on the bright side. And then she started uh, creating this dog in her mind she called her Gracie after Grace Kelly. And she says, the dog is invisible. She is not imaginary. She is an invisible dog. She's there, we just can't see her. And then I got into the spirit of the, of the this thing and started um, seeing Gracie in my head. And eventually when this, this story idea about spirits came up, I thought, an invisible dog is a spirit. So I will write a story about Gracie. And then it took off. Of course, it's not about Margot; It's about a woman named Paula and her overbearing husband and the, who doesn't like dogs and has never let Paula have a dog in their married life. And, uh, and how Paula creates Gracie to compensate. So that's Gracie, the invisible dog
0: one gets the feeling in reading about boyd and paula's relationship that boyd would feel threatened that he would lose control over paula if there was a dog standing between
1: them exactly that is exactly the the um uh, what the premise of the story is and um gracie our gracie has become so real to us that we discuss her activities and so on now and my family my <laughs> sisters have got into this the swing of things and some of our friends. And they, uh, they send us presents with dogs on them and so on to uh, uh, reference our 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 Gracie. So uh, she is a, she has become a real character in our lives. The Gracie, oh, I fell in love with her. Gracie, I fell in
0: love with sorry. Gracie, absolutely. Cause we've had a female golden before and uh, you know, she just speaks to me of Daisy. So now uh, we've talked about that situation, but part of the theme that I pick up from the story is also independence in uh, disability,
1: you know? Exactly, The whole
0: ability versus disability conversation that people have started really having and the need people feel to maintain their independence whatever way they can. Can you tell me how you drew on that? I think you've already started to because it draws back on Margot, doesn't it?
1: yes and margot is um luckily her retinitis pigmentosa is progressing very slowly they think it's a, a mutation often it's hereditary it it will descend in the in the family but hers is just cropped up out of nowhere and she is um well she loves travel that's one thing and she is still traveling her own. She has a white identity cane. But she doesn't need a one of the guidance canes yet, but she has a white identity cane. So people will recognize that she can't see them uh, coming and from the sides that she can see straight ahead but not people coming at her from the sides. And mm-hmm. so she travels alone. She's, t- uh, well, not recently uh, due to COVID, but she has uh, taken numerous trips to Europe alone and just managed uh, very well on her own. Of course, she has Gracie with her, so she has come back and
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: (laughs) But you're right. It it is a story about people with disability as well as a story about uh, an invisible dog and about how people want to have uh, independence as long as they can manage it. They want to be independent. And that's what Paula says. She doesn't want Boyd taking over and driving her everywhere and so on.
0: Yes, Anna. yes, she's a woman after my heart, definitely. I'm like, I, I feel that way. Like, just point me in the right direction and let me go on my own steam because, you know, I don't I don't really want anybody fussing in my life. I don't want to become part of the, you know, part of the manhandled generation, you know.
1: Well, as, as an older woman, too, you know, people look at me and, and they kind of think, oh, and call me dear and so on, and I hate that. <laughs> Being called dear. But they mean it kindly, I know, and uh, offer me to help me and so on. And and so far I don't need any help. So I i that's right. Want that's my right. I always power. think
0: I've been a little girl. I don't need to be a little girl again as I age. I really don't. That's, you know, that's right. <laughs> as long as possible, let me not become a little girl again at people's whim. <laughs> So I'm totally with you. Now, your other story is called The Trespassers, and it, again, touches on some subjects that are really near and dear to to many people. Many people have had some exposure to these topics. Can you tell us a little bit about Janet Blaine and her grandson, Sam, and the story opens with clues that you don't catch right away?
1: Well, the the story also is rooted in real life. it it started one day or the idea came one day when we were up at the lake at my grandson and I he was about five and Margo was there too and we were out for a walk around the lake and we there were two little girls standing on the lawn of a house one of the houses by the lake holding hands and they were wearing pretty summer dresses it was Sunday so I think maybe they were their parents were taking them to church and one of them waved to us and Sam Julian waved back and after we got past I said that was creepy and Julian said it was like a horror story and Margot said it was like something out of Stephen King and none of us had any idea why we felt that why we got that wave of disquiet Mm -hmm. from these two pretty little girls and that stewed in my head for a long time and finally I wrote the story and it's not a crime it's not a mystery what it is is it's a horror story, and the horror is dementia, and horror which is reality, approaching. Yes. And, and the
0: horror is another kind of disability that, and this one is. Yes, yes.
1: Yes. I wonder why, why I've got. <laughs> both well, people, you know. Those stories.
0: Well, you know. I mean, these are really, really topical right at the moment. The these themes and. I'm glad that you dove into them, you know, and and they do, they touch on almost everyone's lives at one point or another, you know, and dementia isn't always, dementia is not always Alzheimer's. It can come in many forms. Um, My father, when he was suffering from cancer of the bladder, suffered dementia, even though his mind was in perfect order, but toxemia will induce dementia.
1: Yes, my mother had dementia and hers was a different kind. She had high blood pressure for a long time and she had a series of small strokes and each time she had a stroke it took away some of her memory and and she would she would come back from the stroke after you know a while not physically impaired but mentally impaired and Mm -hmm. eventually she had a big stroke that uh, you know took away her memory almost completely, so she didn't recognize her children or anything. But that was not Alzheimer's. That was something different, and it something was something... again, that... yes,
0: but it's still dementia, and we still, it was. we still bear the brunt of it in our society. Um For those who are not familiar with Lynn Murphy, please look up her book, Potluck and Other Stories. Lynn is a master of the light comedic touch, for the most part. Now, these two stories in In the Spirit of Thirteen are not light and only peripherally uh, comedic. (laughs) There is some light humor in them, but they are not light stories, Um, neither of them. But she does, she is known for her light comedic touch. So please look up her, her collection of short stories, which was published by Carrick Publishing recently, titled Potluck and Other Stories. Oh, I should have
1: it here to wave around,
0: on. I forgot I have to, do it here that. to wave around. You know what I'm going to do? I'll post the link to it in the undercarriage of the YouTube video so that all our listeners can go immediately and see good, this good. wonderful Thank you. book of yours. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Do you have anything to say to uh, our listeners before we close off?
1: Well, I hope they're looking forward to, to the uh, Spirit of 13, which when are we looking for publication date this fall? It'll though? be in
0: the fall of 2022, yes.
1: Well, watch for that coming out. And also, I have a story in the Crime Writers of Canada new anthology, Cold Canadian Crime, which is coming out shortly in May. So, you look do for that. indeed.
0: So, watch for that. Cold Canadian Crime, produced by the Crime Writers of Canada, and look for Lynn Murphy's story in that one. Thank you very much, Lynn. Have a terrific day.
1: You too, Donna. Thank you. dusty road, a man alone, his vital signs go on hold, and I don't know what you've been told, but the years have turned my eyes gold. I told you what you told me, we'd never be in the same boat for free, yet it rides. let it ride.